only one chance you have. You have no chance. If you had a chance, you need to run Nicky Split. You can't run just for the baddest. Well, Rick Flair, you know what? I'm not a normal looking athlete myself. You know what I'm talking about? I've been in the gym's alive. It's a privilege and an honor to walk out with Ole Anderson, Lex Luger, and the Ahmed tomorrow night. Motivation. No, I love you. I know he loves sugar. But I check my pocket. I don't have no donuts. I don't have no cheeseburger. I know you love sugar, but I ain't got none. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. And I'm saying, whoo, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, pal. I'm the man. Look at a match for the total package like Luger and Super Brawl. Super Saturday, what is it? I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? Super Brawl Saturday. Super Brawl Saturday? You don't lose faith in winners. And Ric Flair day in and day out. You every day of his life. Just keep winning and winning and winning. Ric Flair! New York City, Ric Flair! You're gonna find out what hard is all of them. I do exactly what I want to do. You say I'm insane. I say thank you very much. Make, make, make a, a good, good I hate dogs. Hit the dog. I've got the style and profile like never before. You guys talk about being students of the game. I am the game, JR. Folks, it is Wednesday. It is the Dirt Cheat Dudes. I am Boxman. I hope you all are doing well. I gotta tell you, if there is one thing on this earth I need tonight, it is to be sitting here doing this show, talking to someone. It has been one of those weeks. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You've all been there. I'm not the only one, but uh, I definitely, definitely need to sit around and uh, do some talking tonight. Smart, my man. Over there, how are you doing, sir? So, so let me just go ahead and uh, survey the situation. What you're saying is, this is one of those days when you don't want to wake up. Everything is fucked. Everybody sucks. Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. You don't know why, but you want to justify ripping mm. someone's head off. There you go. Uh, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not to that point. I'm just in like a holy shit. I have like so much to do. Um, 
I'll just go ahead and tell everyone I uh, my landlord's not renewing our lease. They're not going to be renting people anymore. They're getting out of the business. So I've got 60 days to move, and we've been here 10 years. It's uh, There's a lot accumulated in this house. I've got a fucking air hockey table i got to do something with, man. I don't want to sell it. I don't want to sell it, Smart. I don't want to sell my air hockey table. I wouldn't. I don't blame you. I wouldn't want to sell an air hockey table either. Mm, I mean, and it's like one of the. It's like it's like an old school, full size, not like a not like a little mini mini hockey table. It's a big, full size air hockey table. So I don't know. I'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, and like, good. I was gonna say, like, I know you had young kids. How are they taking it? Because I know you kind of you grow up in one place kind of become sentimental yeah they're uh they want to try to stay in the school district my older one is like my friends my younger one is like i might make new friends so (laughs) it's like you know and my daughter doesn't even know what the hell is going on right now but um it's uh it's just a lot right now with you know everything going on and kind of a new job i'm at right now but my God, man, this new job, they le- the importance of being left the fuck alone to your own devices is so important. And this job, they leave me alone. They come back there once, maybe twice a day at the most. And they just, they leave me the fuck alone. And I didn't realize how important that was until I started working here. And I'm like, man... This is nice. I do what I want. I put shit where I want. I log it. I put it down. They don't even have a log. They, they don't even know I have a log. So it's just, but, you know, it's just uh, being left alone is very important in a job. If they, it just lets you know they trust you, I guess. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think the dream, of course, obviously to work, you know, for yourself, if you can't do that, which I never have the opportunity to do myself, the best opportunity is just working in a place where they're not constantly breathing down your fucking neck. Yeah, and that's where I'm at. They don't break down my neck. They're not like, hey, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. They're like, hey, um, you're going to get that done, right? I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to get that shit done. I get it done. They don't bitch. They don't care. It's just, uh, that's the only nice thing right now everything else is just uh you know we uh we thought we were getting a little breathing room and then uh and then we get the uh, the wind knocked out of us <laughs> so right yeah unfortunately yeah but anyway once again this is not the woe is me show this is uh whoa this is smart flying away on me somewhere there's an airplane going over him this is uh dirt sheet dudes and we really quick are going to go ahead and knock out the plugs right now. Give me a second here. I will get, uh, I don't know, I'll get something going here. Let's play, uh, what are we going to play? Let's play, let's play some super crazy music. What do you think of that? There we go. I like there that. Right. I like it too. A little super, a little crazy. Got a little of both in there. Let's go ahead and rock that while we're doing these right now. But, uh, all right. We got the high marks, of course. Cheese Man, Mojo. 
Gee whiz. Oh, gee, where do you find them? You find them on Mixer.com. That's Metal Mitt Network. That's right. I did not stutter. Two T's in the old Mitt right there. That's right. Metal Mitt Network. Two T's in Mitt. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Sunday night is where you can find them. Of course, you got Bobby Anthem, Bobby Blades, the Inhumans on the Inhuman Experience. You definitely want to go ahead and subscribe to that. If you are not subscribed, do it. Binge listen. Because before you know it, they'll be back with a fucking vengeance. So check them out over there. And, of course, everything on Scripted Wrestling Podcast. Definitely want to check those guys out. Matter of fact, Saturday night, I will be hosting the show called Settle It in the Ring. They've got some questions to answer. I will decide which is the best answer. It's basically a debate is what it is. And um, I went ahead and uh, I said I would go ahead and host it. So I will be there on uh, Saturday night hosting that so definitely subscribe to them on all the usual podcast platforms and check them out on Blog Talk Radio so there you go for that and Stephen Milan sharing the show you guys want to show him some thanks check him out on letterboxbox.com slash Stephen Milan make sure you put two L's in Milan and of course you guys know where to find us you can find us on Spreaker you can find us on Anchor YouTube Stitcher iHeart Spotify Google TuneIn Player FM anywhere you find your wonderful podcasts a smart little rip. Yes, sir. Mondays eight thirty on the Metal Mid Podcast Network. Mid with two T's right here on the Mixler device. You want to go ahead and check out Cheese on Sports with the Cheese Man, the Cheese Master. Also, a little bit of a bonus tomorrow night. They will be doing a watch along for the NBA or not the NBA, the NFL draft. So you also want to go ahead and tune in for that. The Metal Mid Podcast Network again on the Mixler device and Sundays, 10.30 a.m. You want to listen to the Mo Dirk City Machine Guns with Mojo and with Dirk. And last but never least, be sure to check out our friends at Planet Raconteur. It's the Planet Raconteur Podcast with Bobby Anthem, Papa Dave Sincere, and Yuck Nasty. Speaking of binging on things, you want to binge on that? You want to binge on all 16 episodes? You want to subscribe for season two? You can never have enough Bobby Anthem in your life. That's what I always say, and that's what you will find out. Absolutely. You can never have enough Bobby Anthem in your life. You need him there. We need him there. So, like I said, even with this show right here, that show back there that I mentioned, The Inhuman Experience, subscribe. Subscribe. Binge listen. Mm-hmm. You won't know what to do afterwards. Anyway, let's go ahead and knock that music out real quick. Turn it down. Oh, that was loud. That was loud. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that was pretty loud music. Um, anyway, we've got, uh, again... Going to be talking less and less notes on Raw. I got a few. I don't know if Smart's got notes, but I'm sure he's got a few things he wants to mention. Um, NXT, very short. And uh, AEW is even pretty short. Um, but um, Raw, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and get right into Raw. Raw was a... Uh, uh, this was like Raw is deja vu. Like, we've seen a lot of this before. Yes, literally. I mean, they literally started the same way that they started last week, except they switched wrestlers. 
because <laughs> you had and they recapped it because they recapped yeah. the whole thing with Drew McIntyre going up against uh, Mason T Bar, and then Braun Strowman joined him, and then this week you have Braun Strowman going out there on his own taking on Mason T Bar, and then this leads to again another tag match, which also let, no this, there was not a disqualification in this one. There was they decided to switch things up and make it a count out this time, right. so they're adding a little bit of variety to it. It, it it just still seemed like raw is raw is recycled. Mm-hmm. It it really <laughs> it really did. Um, now you mentioned uh, Mason T Bar. Now, Smart, I, I I gotta I I have to ask you. You know what I'm gonna ask you. Sure. Now I know this isn't a completely new look for them. It's just the the makeup on with no mask. But um, what did you think of the face paint sans mask on uh, Mason T-Bar? And why did T-Bar look like both members of Millie Vanilli? <laughs> you mean Mace? Oh, yes, Mace. Mace is the, uh, Mace, I'm Mace sorry. is the one with the dreads. Mace, I'm sorry. I've... Uh, I've had a few shots. The stress is getting me. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, Millie Vanilli were light skinned, but they weren't all that light skinned. <laughs> uh, so basically, this is like they become the dissension. They're not the ascension, but they're ah. the dissension. So that, that's what they're going for with it. I don't mind it, actually. It's a weird thing to talk about, but like. I think at the end of 2019, there was just like people were making predictions for what they thought the year was going to look like going into 2020. And no matter who what you predicted, you got it wrong because mm. who would have saw what was coming happening? But I thought that uh, I, I keep thinking that face paint is going to become a big trend in wrestling. And I don't know why, but I just keep thinking about it. And now I guess here we are. Cause there's been a lot of face paint lately. Yeah. Yeah. I guess here we are. Um, it. I mean... T uh, T bar looked, I guess not bad. Mace though with the, I don't know if that was a fake five o'clock shadow or just a bad five. He just looked like a a, a male model with five o'clock shadow. Um, just, he was sitting there looking all, just, modelly, and it's just like wow, you really maybe should have kept the mask on to look intimidating, but. I don't know. Well, the thing I, the problem I have with it is he's wearing he's wearing long pants, which is fine, but he, they they have like nothing on them. But they didn't this week, so it looked like he was wearing sweatpants, mm. which just looks weird. And you know, you've if you're wearing sweatpants in public, you've you've given up. Yes, or your Mick Foley, which I mean, I guess could potentially be not that it's not necessarily mutually exclusive. <laughs> hey, I've got some Mick Foley stuff for tonight. <laughs> I do. I've got a little uh, little audio from Mick Foley, um, but yeah, it's uh, it was a very talked about picture of those two. Um, I guess we just wait and see where it goes. If they keep these characters, if they t- if they tweak these characters, which let's hope they do. Let's just see what happens. I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I did, uh, to be fair, to be a little bit positive, I did like the sort of picture-in-picture old-school style promo that they could. Because there was like, not only was it the picture-in-picture that was doing that, but it was also the look with the face paint and everything like that. That sort of gave me a little bit of 80s vibes, and I'm always for that. So that was kind of a thumbs up there. You know, and speaking of old school, 80s, even 90s, which is, I, I believe, what this would roll into here. John Morrison, during the uh, little segment with uh, Miz, on the, uh, we had a little Miz TV. John Morrison was very 90s with the uh, drip painted on both sides of his hair for Johnny Drip Drip. And he had um, what I would call Billy Cyrus hair. Ooh, that is a good comparison. I like that. Thumbs I, up. Yeah, well, don't break my heart, my achy, breaky heart. Um, now, I might blow up and kill this man. Yes, you might. You might. Who? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't give a fuck what you say about that guy. That man made mad money off that one fucking song and just. Literally made like one more album when it was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let my daughter make money now and be whoever <laughs> be whoever she is. I'm not even going to get into it. Um, He's an interesting fellow. Well, not only that, but he was also a part of that old Tom Brown song. Uh-huh. So like he came back from the dead. It was like the end of a horror movie where you just see a hand sticking out of a shallow grave. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's that sort. But uh, now... We've gone total Muppets on this show when we have tomatoes being thrown on Raw, Smart. Smart, tomatoes mm-hmm. being and some, thrown. And somebody posted a picture on Twitter, like of a side-by-side of just like uh, Priest in NXT versus Priest in Raw on Raw. Because you have Priest in NXT and they show the little footage of him in the hot tub with the two girls. And then on the other side, they show him with a guitar case full of tomatoes. And this is like, oof. Uh, it's like, man, Triple H might not be such a bad thing when Vince is... Um, retired? We'll say. Retired. Thank you, Smart. Uh, I, was, I was searching for a word to not be rude. Um, thank <laughs> you. Thank you for that very much. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's just sad to see. But... You know this is what happens when they move someone up. They, I, I, this isn't what they always do to him, but I feel bad for Priest. He's 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 stuck in a bad storyline, but not with bad people. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Miz and Morrison are incredibly talented. Very, very, very talented. You know, he's down there with New Day. Very talented. He is very talented. The storyline itself is the only shit in the whole thing, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah. I mean, to that point, the match that followed was actually pretty good. I enjoyed that quite a bit, but just the segment, and like that is the frustrating thing. It's just not new ground. We've talked about this before, but. Like, I shouldn't groan when I see Miz and Morrison come on the TV. Like, they're both good people. They're both good talkers. They're both charismatic. They're pretty decent wrestlers, too. It's like, I, I shouldn't want to fast forward every time I see them. But yet, here we are, because it's just one fucking painfully unfunny comedy segment after the other. Yeah, and I, I, I pretty much said that just to say I don't blame any of the performers in the segment. I'm real. This is just a bad writing 
bad. Pro- I mean, I can't even blame the production. It's bad writing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if they're really looking to save some money and uh, let's start releasing writers like in mass, which I know they're not going to do, but it's just a wishful thinking, I guess. Yeah. Wish, 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 wishful thinking. Um, but, you know, it, it uh, you know, another little segment we're going to touch on here. The uh, it was cool to see Sonya Deville back on Raw keeping the authority figure role going, starting a little dissension with uh, Mr. Pierce over there, Adam Pierce. Um, DeVille lifted Charlotte's suspension after Charlotte delivered a, uh, a, a pretty backhanded apology to uh, Eddie. Eddie, as we found out his name was smart. I can't believe they mentioned the referee's name. Holy shit! <laughs> yes, I was actually kind of surprised with that too. And then the only time they actually mention a referee's name is just to fucking scold them and chastise them on television. But like, you fucked up, Eddie. Damn yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, just so he can be beaten by Charlotte. Um, now, she didn't apologize for anything except manhandling Eddie. And uh, again, backhanded compliment, but, uh, or <laughs> backhanded uh, apology. But I- I'm, I'm, God, they see way more than I see in Charlotte, and that's all I'm going to say. I'll just leave it at that. I've, I've, <laughs> I've made my rants before. I've said what I've said. I, I, I think she's incredibly overrated. There's many other people on that roster that are just as good, if not better. So I'm just gonna, just gonna bow out and move on to the, to the next little thing. I've got a note here for us, Mark. Um, Anyone who's a fan of Humberto Carrillo, I am. Um, I, I, I feel for you. I, I, I do. Um, we get the same... Sh- Again, Raw is recycled. We get the same thing, open challenge from Sheamus, non-title, of course. This time, at least, Carrillo walked out with the upper hand. But, I mean, it's like just... It's... Raw is getting so tiring. (laughs) So tiring. You know, it's. I I don't even know what to say. I mean, that that also happened last week. So. Exactly. But, well, you know, the only thing was he, you know, beat the shit out of uh, Humberto Carrillo last week. This week, Carrillo got the best of. uh, Got the best of Seamus and just walked the fuck out like nothing happened. So. Um, you got anything on that? Not really. I mean, it's, it is what it is. It sucks. It's wasted opportunity. He can do more than what he's doing. And I, I am referencing Kareel, but I mean, muscle shame is too, I guess. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I mean, speaking of just wasted opportunities, I mean, should we just hold a funeral for Shelton and Cedric at this point? Should we, should, I mean, do they need a GoFundMe or something? Well, that's kind of that's kind of that's a bittersweet thing too, because like okay, the, like the tag team division, or at least on Raw, the tag team division like is never actually looked deeper, which isn't saying a lot, but still, you're starting to build some depth there. 
because you have you know you have Riker and Elias, you have obviously New Day, you have all these people. You have they they, they apparently they're going to be having Riddle and Orton be a team now. You got Sheldon and Cedric. You've got AJ and Almas. You have like all, a lot of people now. You actually have a decent amount of teams. It's more than just the two or three that we always normally get. But unfortunately, there's like half the division is kind of chumps, so that's a problem in itself. But you know, hey, at least there, there's some depth there. It was it wasn't a bad match, though. I will say that much. That, that that's the thing. They go out there and they still put a hundred percent into it. They're still being treated like garbage, and they're st- and and they're still going out there and putting a fucking hundred percent into their matches. So maybe they know something we don't. They just need to work through it. Maybe they're hoping and praying. I don't know. But, uh, or they're just very professional and go out there and do what they got to do no matter what they have to do. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Sheldon has never really been somebody that's given up. He's always sort of did his best with whatever he's gotten, no matter where he's been. WWE, Ring of Honor, he was in New Japan for a while. Just wherever he's been, he's busted his ass. He just hasn't always gotten rewarded for it, unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean, Jesus Christ, that guy tried his hardest to make that gold standard thing good, and there was no way it was going to be. And he tried. He tried. The mama angle. Oh, my God. The, the, again, man, I, I, after all the shit they put this guy through, just give him something. And Sa- I mean Cedric, another same same thing. They put him through shit too. Give this guy something. They're both fucking talented. Let him let him just stay a fucking dominant tag team. But no, I guess we'll we'll back off that. But um, after that, we do get this Lashley segment, and I gotta tell you, man, Lashley just come to, comes down. He just looks like a champion, dude. MVP looks like the manager of a champion. They got the suits. They got the pocket squares, Mark. Lashley's just, you know, have the swagger coming down. He's got the entrance, the ability, the believability. And I'll tell you, man, once again, we said this a few, maybe a month or two ago, Smart. Lashley has really... And I mean, seriously, stepped up his promo game. And this, again, another really good promo by Bobby Lashley. I mean, the voice is what it is, but he's learned to just, whatever he's saying is working for him. Right. Talking about how last time he didn't lose the U.S. title, he was beaten in a triple threat match. And now sort of they're, they're trying to screw him over again by having a triple threat match, a potential triple threat match for his to the title that he won now. So it, was, it was good stuff. I enjoyed it. Mm. I just, I mean, honestly, dude, I, I got to tell you, <clears throat> these two guys right now may be the, uh, I don't know, the, 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 the raw saviors, the saviors of raw, because it's one of the things I'm really enjoying. Very, and it's been that way for a while. Yep. Like we were talking about at the end of the year that the hurt business had since the summer. Or so when they formed last summer, they've been steadily one of the more entertaining things about the show. And then unfortunately they got to go and break them up or, you know, kind of divide the talents, but they're, 
that particular section of the herd business or whatever it is that still remains the herd business, Lashley and MVP are still putting on solid performances every week. Right. And I, 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 I had no doubt they wouldn't, but again, it, it, I just, there's really no reason to get rid of the other two guys. It's just not, I don't know. Now they're just floating out there, but um, <clears throat> they are really, really doing great out there. And uh, like I said, they're kind of one of the highlights of Raw for me right now, which there's not many. There's not many. Um, but one highlight of Raw's mark now, we got Riddle. He's backstage. We get him and uh, we get the birth of RK Bro Smart. Hmm. Riddle, uh, Riddle's, like I said, he's backstage. He's getting interviewed and Randy walks up to him. Uh, and one of the one of two great lines of Raw, Randy steps up and goes, I don't even know what planet you're from. Riddle says, I'm from Earth. Randy, shut up. (laughs) I loved it. I thought it was great. I enjoyed it, too. And they even doubled down on it because he was like, you look, we only have one thing in common. He's like, that we're both from Earth. He's like, would you stop? (laughs) Now, listen, we know Riddle has always been kind of a a part of the... uh, the odd couple team, and that's just kind of how they put him. But, I mean, we know Orton's going to turn on Riddle eventually. Unfortunately, I think they're going to let this go really quick. But I got to be honest, I like this team, and if I can relish this for just two weeks, Mark, this could be some really good, like, gold because Randy being the smart ass, I'm so tired of your shit, like comedic heel is great. Right. And I mean, it's a thing that they love because yeah. they love that odd couple pairing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 please go. Keep going. Go, go, go. Yeah. Okay. So they, they, they do love the odd couple pairing. I, I'm with you. I don't see it lasting for very long, but at the same time, like, Outside of the fact that Vince just hates tag team wrestling, seemingly, yeah. what what's the problem with like having a decent caliber tag team division, and like especially when you have who you have as champions right now with AJ and Almas, you need somebody that's going to be believable to be able to get some offense in on him. Like maybe not immediately, but you know, you're going to need credible challengers and you get somebody like Orton out there that, you know, he's been through it all and he's won all these championships and he's slayed these monsters. Like that, that's a believable person to potentially be legitimate challengers to them. So I kind of, I do hope that they keep them around for a while, but I don't believe that that's going to be the case. No, I'm dude. Seriously. I feel like if we can get two weeks out of this, we might get a little bit of gold. Would like like I said, so that's good. And by the way, Riddle's still rocking the evil Knievel gear. I'm one hundred percent down with that shit, dude. Bonus points for the the guy that was doing the interview because, like, as Riddle kept going around him in circles on his scooter, the guy just keeps moving the microphone in a circle. He doesn't even move his body; he just moves the arm that has the microphone. <laughs> I was getting a kick out of that. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good, man. But uh, like I said, man, that 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 Evil Knievel gear. Listen, when I was, I remember being a kid, and when Evil Knievel would do shit, 
it would be on television. So you could you could watch it. Oh shit, another goddamn Oh look, a tornado watch. Oh, wonderful. Till two AM. Um you know, the evil Knievel though, they would show it on television and man, it was just everybody you could you'd be in restaurants, it would be on the television. You know, it was just awesome to see. But I remember sitting most of the time with my dad watching these stunts and a couple of times Evil Knievel didn't make it. Um, but obviously he, you know, he made it to a very, very old age. But man, I, I just love that Riddle is rocking that shit. I really do. Yeah. But uh, let's just hope for two good weeks out of this, Mark. You think maybe... Uh, I mean, three would be like a bonus. A month would be like, holy shit, what are they doing? Two weeks, I think, Smart, would be just, just, just enough to wet my whistle, if you will. <laughs> right. I get you. I get you. I'm, I'm down for that too. Hmm. Just, just some good entertainment. It's kind of funny you were talking about it. We really don't have like a modern day evil can evil. Every so often they'll do like a little special where it's like somebody's going to fucking tightrope walk this mountain or something or, or like from building to building or whatever and they'll show it on Discovery Channel or whatever. But you know, really don't got like a consistent person that does like these outlandish stunts anymore. No, we had his uh, evil, evil can evil son, Robbie, but he's really just like a really um how do I put this nicely? Uh complete garbage human being. Hmm. Okay. Um I'm trying to think of oh was was that nicely? Yeah, I mean I, I'm not well versed in what it is that he did, but I'm I'm assuming that's about as nice as he can get. He's just not a good person. He's just a piece of shit. Um I mean, his, I mean, I'm not that. sitting there saying that his dad was this fucking, you know, saint or anything, but he, he he's kind of just a piece of shit. Um, and this, it's got nothing to do with politics or anything like that. The guy is seriously just a piece of shit. Uh, but anyway, speaking of pieces of shit, let's bring up this whole uh, Naya, Shayna, Reginald fucking whole thing going on Mandy Dana speak again speaking of pieces of shit um, this whole storyline is a steaming pile of shit <laughs> and now they're adding Angel Garza just to give him something to do maybe he can help it maybe he can't he for some reason, he's giving flowers now to Naya. To 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 to, to um, uh, who did he give the flowers to? Naya. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just I. And now Reginald is getting jealous, and Naya sees now another great line. By the way, was after Naya got the flowers, she shoves him into. She sees Mandy Rose, and she shoves him into her chest and goes, "Put these in water, bitch." <laughs> the best part of Naya is the like her best work is not her wrestling. No part of her wrestling is good. Some of the shit she says is the only like 
redeeming part of Nia Jax, in my opinion. Right. I agree with that. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past her, but I don't think that she can cause people physical harm verbally. But <laughs> So that alone would put her, her talking slightly above her wrestling in, in the mm-hmm. sense that she's not like a public health risk. Mm-hmm. With a microphone, but you know, hey, like I said, I wouldn't put it past her. We don't know. We'll see. No, I'm, 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 I'm just saying. Every moment I can think of of her that I laugh at, it's there's there. It's never in the ring. It's just her talking or doing something. But um, um, the last note I have on Raw because the main event was what it was. <laughs> Is the Alexa segments mark with Lily, um. Alexis trying to hypnotize people and shit like that. Um, and I'm, let me tell you something. I don't fall for that shit. Because next thing you know, you're waking up in a fucking ice bath with a kidney missing. So, holy shit. <laughs> the, sound, uh, the background noise couldn't have been perfect better time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> see what happens. Next thing you know, you, I, I, Jesus. Luckily, it's just the wife with shots. Um, but <laughs> there you go. Whew. You all right, Smart? You, you okay over there? You good? You good? No, there's no 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 guy standing near you with a scalpel. As far as I know. <laughs> all right, but what did you think of this Alexa segment while I do this shot? Well, you know, it's actually it's appropriate that there was a loud jolting noise that just happened because that was sort of the whole point of this segment was she she tells you that you can have your own Lily, you just have to think dark thoughts. So you start to she like leads you on this little guided meditation of sorts and she tells you to picture all these things and then the setup is you she goes, Ah, you know, picture a babbling brook and picture this you know meadow and, and they have this like kind of calming music and visual images and you're supposed to like be staring closely at the monitor whatever it is that you're watching it on and then oh gas big surprise the fucking doll pops up and it's one of those like screamers and it's like oh did i get you and it's like no you didn't get me because i've seen a horror movie before madam like i i know that that shit was coming as soon as you started talking so no you did not get me but you know there you go she is good at i mean she's doing the best with what she has but i think this like the whole like doll thing is just sort of it doesn't work for me i've never been a fan of like evil possessed dolls in horror movies like i'm not really into the whole child's play thing or annabelle or any of this shit so it's like i can't i can't really get into it but she's she's trying her best out there annabelle you know did, did you ever see the first one no i didn't unfortunately is, is it good I actually never saw it, but uh, the star of that movie, uh, which is uh, Ward Horton, was a guy that I, me and my sister, knew. I went to school with him and rode horses with him and was a good friend of mine in North Carolina. Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah, the star of that movie. He uh, he moved out to New York to become an actor, and there you go. But, uh Yeah. Yeah, I just thought I'd mention that real quick. Um, yeah, I got to tell you, though, Alexa, without, I don't know, the aura or whatever of Bray just isn't clicking. Her on her own with this Lily thing just seems like now they're, okay, now they're just kind of forcing this shit on us. Now... 
now what? There needs to be a now what? And with her character, I just, I don't see a, and then, a now what? A, where, where, where is this going? Right. Well, yeah. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to her doing the whole spooky, spooky doogie character. I just wanted to say spooky doogie to be fair. It just sounded like it'd be a fun thing to say in my mind. And it came out of my mouth and I was right. It was fun. Yeah, it was adorable. Uh, anyways, I'm, not a- All right. <laughs> I'm not afraid. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't, I don't mind her having the whole supernatural character thing, but she sort of said in the promo that happened after WrestleMania, that it was like, it was within her the whole time anyway. So just give her the power to do, or the ability to do the fucking supernatural shit. Occasionally she shoots fireballs or time travels or teleports or whatever the fuck you wanted to have her do. The, the Dow thing, I think is just cheesy in my opinion, but I mean, we will see where I think it's going to lead to something because she said, did say at the end of the promo that, Lily's getting bored and she's going to unleash her on the rest of the women on Raw. So I guess they're going to be competing next week, theoretically. So are we saying that she stole all of Bray's powers and the Fiend is no more? Or Potentially. I mean, that's I... usually how it happens when these relationships happen is they just sort of steal your soul and your essence <laughs> and you're just sort of left beaten and broken. That's that's my experience anyway. We she... are not all as lucky to be, you know, married and happily. I, I, I believe if you ask, uh, you know, ask uh, old, uh, <laughs> who is it? Um, what's his name? Buddy Murphy. He'll probably tell you she can uh, she can steal your soul. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I. I'd let her take some of my soul. Um, but anyway. Anyway, it's just... Uh, yeah, there's just no... I just don't see... What, again, I'm. it might be good. I don't see where this... Where this that The fact that I don't see where this character is going might be a good thing, but it also... I don't know. We'll see what happens with it, but... It's... I don't know. It's just not as good without the whole... Bray Wyatt, whatever, inter intertwined or whatever. Um, but that's the last note I got on Raw. Let's go ahead and get into NXT. Uh, again, I've got some really short notes for NXT. Uh, we've got a new banner, a new a new intro video, new music for NXT. Mark, did you notice that? I did. I also noticed it on the uh, Hulu. Because that, that's yeah. actually where I noticed it is that they changed the logo up for the new episodes. Yeah, they changed the profile. Now we do have new stuff for everything new for all all the shows WWE related. So uh, you'll be seeing those rotating through. So uh, just to throw that out there, um, I don't have a ton of notes on NXT. Um, we had, I mean, Mercedes Martinez, you know, she defeated Dakota Kai via, via DQ. Raquel Gonzalez beat the shit out of Mercedes Martinez, though. Oh, yes, yes. And definitely, I've really become sort of a fan of Dakota Kai just in general. Cause she bumped her fucking ass off yeah. in this match. And she has been, as of late, just taking a lot of bumps and, like, sort of 
kind of like in that Shawn Michaels, Dolph Ziggler range of just bumping the fucking ass off like the entire match. There was one uh, Mercedes Martinez hit a spine buster and it looked fucking sick. It was awesome. It was a really good spine buster. And it was a really, it was a pretty good match in general. And then, like you said, Raquel Gonzalez, after like the last two weeks or so teasing that she might be going face, just all of a sudden goes back to being a bad, a bad lady. Oh, yeah. And, well, Martinez is really the heel kind of in, I mean, is, isn't, maybe, I and I don't think they ever really officially made her face either, but they just like, because they had that one segment where she went up to Robert Stone and was like, where's my money, bitch? Where's my money? Yeah. <laughs> and she like shakes him down and then it's like supposed to be her transition. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see. But uh, like I said, Gonzalez just beat the living hell out of her. But Gonzalez versus Mercedes Martinez, I can definitely get into that shit right there, man. Definitely get into that shit so that's going to be a nice little feud right there between those two um now i guess we need to get into this little thing uh because it kind of shapes a little bit of the show ember moon and shotzi are backstage they're doing an interview they're handed flowers frankie monet formerly uh taya valkyrie comes up and she reads the card and says they're from dexter loomis and one of the best lines of the night is Ember Moon just going like, oh, hell no, I'm married. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, just the way she said it, the the enthusiasm, the oh, hell no. <laughs> the the fear, almost smart, just had me fucking laughing my ass off. Well, yeah, that was, that was kind of the fun part is they thought that it was from the interviewer. So it's like, oh, cool, thank you. That was very nice of you to you know, give your guest flowers. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it's, it's from Dexter Loomis. She's like, oh, you know what? Never mind. That's fine. Oh, I'm good. Thank you. You go ahead and take those shots. Either you're on your own. Right. And they got into a little, you know, the two girls got a little no, 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 no back and forth thing. Yeah, that was hokey. But that line by Ember Moon was just, just fucking great right there. Now, Smark, we get your man, your boy. Cameron Grimes. Oh, Cameron Grimes. You got to say it. You, like, you got to type it with all caps. You got to say it with all caps. Cameron Grimes. Yeah, it's been a hard week for me. Leave me alone. Um, I understand. That's why I'm here. There you go. You can you can say it with your enthusiasm. Now, he's buying a watch, Mark. And mm-hmm. you see a guy behind him. He's kind of covering his face with a newspaper. We find out later who is it, Smart. Come on, tell us who is it. Who could it be? It's that dang Ted DiBiase. It's that goddamn Ted DiBiase, man. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say real quick: Did this, in any way, shape, or form, the store that Mr. Grimes was in, did this resemble a pawn shop to you? Yes. Okay, then I'm on my own because Brian Overhead called it a pawn shop, and I did. I thought that was kind of. I was like, "What the fuck were you watching?" But hey, all right, fair enough. Well, I mean, it depends on what kind of pawn shop you've been to. I mean, there's pawn shops that have the. But okay, let me. Let me there's two kinds of pawn shops, Mark. There's the open jewelry store looking pawn shop, and then there's the we cash checks pawn shop which has a guy behind bulletproof glass 
Okay, well, see, there you go. That says a lot about <laughs> the sort of places that I have in my area because that those are really the only ones that we have around here. It's just like places you really don't want to set foot in unless you have just either a death wish or a drug addiction. Mm, and I'm I'm not saying it. I've I have been to both in my lifetime, to be honest with you. Um definitely have been to both to uh pay rent or uh, Jesus Christ, what was one of the things I, I one time I sold my weight set. The guy didn't want it. He said, I, I bet I can't sell this. I said, listen, if you don't sell it in three weeks, I'll come back and buy it back from you. Hmm. He sold it in a week. So it, lucky, nice. me, lucky nice. me, I got to keep the money he gave me. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. But, uh, so... Go ahead. And we finally got the the, the build of the last couple of weeks have finally paid off. I don't know if this is like the final payoff or if we'll get more, but we finally got old Cameron Grimes and old Ted DiBiase on TV together. Cameron Grimes buys a watch and he's all marveling and happy with himself for how great his watch is. And Ted DiBiase goes, hey, kid, that's a nice watch, but it's not a million dollar watch. And they turn, show his face and his beat red and he kind of starting to show his age, which made me a little sad. But he gives a signature laugh and everything is A-OK. I hope this leads to, like, either with the help of or in spite of Ted DiBiase, he leads to Grimes breaking out the old billion-dollar belt. Oh, smart. That's the only thing I want to see now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me too, me too. Now you got me thirsting for it. I would like to see that. That would be a good thing. That would be a good thing. And, I mean, you know, Ted DiBiase now is a uh, what, is he a preacher, a deacon, something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what his position is. But, yeah, he he has uh, definitely become kind of a devout Christian. So that that's the path that his life is. And, and it seems like it's a little bit more legitimate than the Shawn Michaels thing, where there's people that kind of openly question that. It, just, it seems like everybody sort of buys into Ted DiBiase being authentic and genuine. DBS is older and just has that look. But um True. I don't know. I, I, I I'm gonna be honest, I don't buy into the whole I'm let's not get into religion. You're you're not gonna like what I say. Um neither, neither <laughs> I one. don't blame you, that's asking for trouble. Neither will anyone else. Uh okay. <laughs> so Fair enough, fair enough. I'm just not a religious person. I believe anyone I, can believe what they want, do what you want, but I'm just, I think a lot of it is uh, hypocritical. Um, I, I met him one time, though. This is a very quick story. This isn't one that takes forever. <laughs> there was a, it was a signing. It was, Foley was on like one end and Andy Biasi was on the other end. And it was like, it was a car show. It was a war of wheels. And they usually have every year they have wrestlers. I, I, I went for fully, but Ted DiBiase was a plus because it was him and Virgil. And I felt bad because there was nobody at the table for him and Virgil. <laughs> so it just came over to bullshit for a minute. And Virgil, of course, hassles me to like buy shit and I'm not having it. So I just go over to start talking to Ted DiBiase. And it dawns on me that I don't have any questions. Like there's really nothing about that. Like, what would I ask Ted DiBiase? They had nothing in mind. So I was just like, hey, how are you? He's like, oh, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm like, I'm doing good. He's like, oh, that's cool. And then I left. That was the extent of my meeting with Ted DiBiase. Wow, that was uh, 
I'm it sure. was a very captivating story, and I'm, I'm glad that you, <laughs> I held you. And then while we have like the more most listeners that we've had in a couple of weeks, I'm glad that I managed to regale them with such a tale. I can't believe that he hasn't uh, mentioned that on a you sh- a, 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 a shoot or something. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, but uh, anyway, let's get. Like, I just wanted something to fucking just kind of sway the conversation from the religion talk. I was like, hey, you want to hear a really boring story about that DBS? I could have just gotten into, uh, I mean, literally, we've got something to talk about here on NXT. Timothy Thatcher is back. Mm -hmm. So uh, him and Ciampa, they uh, confronted the grizzled young veterans. And that was what it was. Whoa, did a dude? I just heard a lightsaber go off behind you. I don't know what to tell you on that one. I haven't engaged in any lightsaber battles recently. Are you sure you're not? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I mean, sometimes I feel the force is strong with you. So, you should... hey, a, a follow up story. <laughs> I, I, story. I, I know better than this. Uh, the the gentleman that uh, bought the weight set. Did he happen to be Canadian and short? I have no clue, to be honest with you. <laughs> Which full credit goes to G Wiz on that one because he, he, he mentioned that uh, a rather person of ill repute may have bought in the weight set and used it for its unintended purposes. I don't know if he went on Google to look anything up. Um, I have no clue what happened, but uh, l- l- let's just say this was in South Florida and. Um, that did not happen there, so I'm gonna go with no. <laughs> All right, good, very good. I'm gonna go with no. Let's just move on the matches here too. Uh, we get the we get the Bronson Reed um, defeating Austin Theory. Uh, good match. I still think Reed is just a goddamn beast. Um, he did earn the NXT North American title opportunity because he did beat uh, uh, Theory. Now, we got Indy down there. She was all upset because Loomis sent flowers to Ember and Shotzi. Loomis comes down to the ring during this match and tries to, I would say, talk, but he doesn't talk. Stare at Indy. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I, they, it looked like they were setting it up, and I, I'm, I'm sad that they deviated from that because she was like just watching the match with like just elbows on the apron, just kind of looking into the ring. And I was hoping that he was going to just come over and just stand next to her and just put his like hands on his chin and just be watching the same way that she was watching. <laughs> but they didn't do that, and they just sort of had her notice and then back down because she was upset that she didn't get flowers from old Dexter Loomis. She ended up sliding into the ring, which apparently is not a disqualification. So, hey, there's that. Listen, rules get made up on the fly. Just just, just take it easy, pal. All right? Just take it easy. Um, and, of course, this, this leads to Shotzi and Ember when they were going down for their match. They never got to have their match. They were ambushed by uh, Candice and Indy Hartwell. So Mm -hmm. that obviously setting up another little feud right there. 
Uh, <laughs> big, big bonus points to uh, Aaliyah and Jessica May for celebrating as though they had won the titles. Yeah, because <laughs> the Roberts aren't even like grabbed the titles and was like handed to him. It's like these are yours now, and the referee had to tell him, "No, that's not." Yeah, how he was like, no, 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 no. not the way it works, pal. Uh, but um, smart. Let me get this Adam Cole, um, Miami Vice style interview. Um, you're. Are your dogs trying to kill you? Not me this time. Oh. She has found a bug, and it's like flying just below her head. She keeps trying to jump and catch it, and uh, I think she's gonna get there. She's, she's very yep. She got it. Oh, she got it. good. It was it was either that or you were running a a fucking you know laser around the house. <laughs> Um, I, 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 got t- I didn't want to talk about this Adam Cole segment, so I started doing wind sprints. <laughs> <laughs> Which is particularly funny if you know what I look like. You know, there's a very low probability of that happening. Well, I'm laughing. Um, but <laughs> as long as somebody is, that's all I care about. Uh, <laughs> Adam Cole speaks to... Uh, Again, this Miami Vice style interview um, to uh, Arash Markazi. Is that his? I hope that's good enough. He's a uh, he was a he's a former sports journalist journalist, excuse me, for L.A. Times. So uh, we'll we'll see where uh, we'll see what he does. But obviously, jumping into the WWE uh, realm. But um, yeah, this this. This was either Miami Vice or Adam Cole was trying to be Scarface. I'm not quite. Bye bye. I'm not quite sure which one. I could just see, you know, Adam Cole sitting there going, "Oh yeah, really? That's a good deal, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Manny." <laughs> kind of doing a little bit of a Robert De Niro there with the fates. Oh well, De Niro, It's a very easy thing to go right from Scarface to De Niro. Actually, actually, Scarface, De Niro, and Sean Penn can almost be the same little face there, because they all smell like they're like 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 there's a lemon involved somewhere, and they really don't like it. Mm-hmm. They <laughs> stare too closely into the sun, and it just hasn't quite gotten back to normal for them. Although Sean Penn always just kind of looks like he smelled something like shit, just kind of like. And then they're, you know, De Niro, too. You can go with the same thing with De Niro. I'm kind of glad you brought up movies, A, because just a heads up, public service announcement. May 1st, they're going to be having Scarface on Netflix, appropriately enough, and I'm kind of excited for that. Um, By the also, way, it's, it, uh, it, it's, it's already on Hulu if you want to watch it. Is it now? Oh, well, I didn't know that. I, I, I've looked through their movie section, too. I don't know how I missed that. Thanks for the heads up on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, also, it just it seemed like bad movie acting. Like, it just seemed like both of them, and I don't know if it was just the, the fault of the interviewer and that Cole didn't have a lot to work with. I think the interviewer was particularly terrible. <laughs> like, it, it definitely screams one of those Nick Khan hires that we've been talking about where it's just like a sports guy and they're just kind of particularly bland and flavorless. And they kind of got the Adnan Verk stink on it, unfortunately. And, like, he wasn't very good. This interviewer guy, a rash, wasn't very good. And it just, 
it seemed like he was definitely reading his questions off like a fucking teleprompter that was like behind Cole. Yeah. And like Cole, I kind of liked what Cole was saying, just how he didn't think that Kyle O'Reilly had sort of the ability to deal with the pressure of carrying a company the same way that Cole did. And he's going to like kind of crip, you know, end up folding under the pressure of all that. But at the same time, just delivery on it was just kind of, it just wasn't very good. No, it was. I mean, you know, and at the end, we saw that Kyle was watching the whole interview backstage. But uh, it, 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 you're right. I I don't think it was that good either. A little. There was a lot of cheese in there, if you know what I mean. Um, now, Smark. Diamond mine. Hmm. Yeah, this is interesting. Diamond Mine. I mean, we really don't have too much to go on. It was just sort of one of those weird, not weird, but it was like kind of an 80s movie montage of just scenes of some unknown person working out. And then it was like, yeah, Diamond Mine, coming soon. Diamond Mine. Cool, fair enough. Diamond Mine. Um, I don't know what else to say. Diamond Mine, folks. Keep your eyes open. Anyway, let's get to this... uh, this main event of NXT, we're rolling through the shows tonight, which is good. We got a pretty decent amount of news to get into, which is what I'd prefer to get into. And uh, AEW, again, my notes are way smaller than uh, they probably should be. Um, but uh, the main event tonight was uh, Legato del Fantasma, or I'm sorry, the main event last night was Legato del Fantasma versus MSK and Kushida. Um, there was no way to take notes on this match. I did not want to take my fucking eyes off of it. Did not want to take my eyes off of it. MSK, very obviously extremely talented. Kushida, great, great spots by all these guys. It was fast. It was flippy. It was fucking hard hitting at times. But um, I... At one point, I thought Escobar killed Kushida <laughs> with that with that finisher. I thought Kushida might not be getting up, but this was just a hell of a fucking you know main event for this show. I thought. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's in my wheelhouse of the old flippy dippy stuff that I enjoy so much. You had at one point old Wesley, which is a name I'll never get tired of saying, goes for like the bad, like he's doing some gymnastics type stuff because he's doing like sort of the backhand spring, doing all these flips and shit. And he goes for whatever move it is that he's setting up for. And uh, Wild just catches him midair with a drop kick and fucking sends him flying. It was it looked real nice. There was a lot of really cool, like you pointed out, the. Uh, powerbomb through the table there's a couple of cool spots in this match it was just it was one of those things where you kind of have to like watch it again if you really want to remember what it is that happened because there's so much going on at once just so quickly but Mm. that's i'm all for it and i'm all for it yeah i literally just put my phone in my pocket and said fuck I, i i'm not even i fuck the notes man this is just a fucking great match through and through so it was a great main event. Good way to end. Um, now, Smark, you uh, posted the ratings for NXT. 744 for NXT. Did did that go up from last week? Do you know? 
No, that went down oh. last week because last week it was like eight thirty-five. I want to say it was eight thirty, eight thirty-five. It was in that ballpark, so it was a drop down. I was hearing people saying that there was like a none do nothing happening, none doing kind of show, but I feel like it was the contrary of that. I actually had quite a bit of fun watching it. I, I of the three shows that we've watched this week, I, I kind of enjoyed it the most, honestly. I think AEW had some really good segments tonight that uh, that we're going to get into in a, a couple minutes here. But I, I mean NXT, like I said, the the main event was really good. So I don't know, I don't know, man. NXT doing seven forty four. I mean, we'll talk Friday about what a what uh, AEW is going to do tonight. But seven forty four unopposed on a Tuesday night. I. I'm not going to sit here and say that's a good number. No, not really. And I mean, I don't, unless I'm just completely forgetting something and I'm just not in touch with pop culture, it's incredibly plausible. I, I don't think there was really anything of real substance going on yesterday in terms of like something that would dominate television. Mm. And even so, like last week, there was something big that was dominating television that Tuesday, Mm -hmm. and they still did a really good number. So I don't even think that really, you know, one thing leads to another on that. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing you can even get to here to make an excuse for NXT doing 744,000. Absolutely not. They should be in the eights close to the nines. I mean, when AEW is breaking a million which if they break a million this week and next week and like i said i'm not gonna sit i'm i I really want to wait another another couple of weeks i I said a month was really you know give let people realize nxt is on a different night i know you know some people are dvring it and oh shit we got to get the dvr back to it (laughs) but uh another couple weeks then we'll uh We'll see what, what what's going on there. Fridays will be telltale with you know we'll already have both ratings by then, so we'll uh, we'll get a little more into it on those. But raw with one point seven seven million that definitely went down from last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been sort of a downward, and I don't blame anybody, but it's been no. a downward spiral from the last three weeks because WrestleMania post WrestleMania Raw was two million, then it went from two million to one point eight, now it's one point seven. It's just whoosh, dropping. Yeah, there. I mean, l- listen, y- y'all saw my notes. There, it's going to get smaller and smaller as we go. I'm. I, I, I even mentioned to Smart that maybe we should just completely stop talking about Raw altogether, um, which I don't think either one of us would uh, sit here and cry if we didn't have to watch Raw. Uh, but um, <laughs> so I, 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 I guess we can go ahead and jump into NXT real quick. Oh, I'm sorry, AEW real quick. Um I got to be honest, I lost power at some point during this show. We've had some bad, 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 bad storms going through here. Bad lightning going through here. Thunder. We've got uh, thunderstorm warnings and tornado warnings until about 2 a.m. this mor- uh, 2 a.m. tomorrow morning. So I had a few problems tonight. And it uh, looks like the storms are over right now. But I guess they may come back, so... If we happen to just shut off here, I lost power again. Um, 
But uh, this show started off tonight, Mark, the AEW with Adam Page versus Brian Cage, uh, Page versus Cage. And the match started out as a clusterfuck. Cage attacked Page before he even got in the ring. We had Team Taz come out, Dark Order come out. They brawled. Now, I got to tell you, as soon as I heard Taz on commentary, Smart, mm-hmm. did you think that Cage was going to lose this match? Yes. We, we established this. They went against us. Uh-huh. That any time that Taz is on commentary, his guy loses because they just like having Taz out there suffering. Yep. They really sh- they, they, they stuck it to us this time, man, because uh, we were wrong. Cage didn't win this match. Now, listen, I, I, I got no problems with this match. It was actually a, a really good match between the guys, but um, I don't know, man. It, 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 the, the whole beginning of it just seemed unnecessary. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um, and I mean, I guess that's sort of, I guess, to protect Paige a little bit, because we, there, there's sort of a conversation that was going on here in the old Mixler chat, Mixler.com slash dirt sheet dudes, but shill, 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 that it just was, is Paige, was Paige a, like, top guy? And it seems like at least the way that, you know, whether you believe in him or not, that, that's that's a whole nother matter that's open for debate. And I mean, if you don't, that does sort of affect your enjoyment of him. But they've been certainly building him as such. They've been keeping him winning and keeping him looking steadily, consistently solid. And he doesn't lose very often. So this actually did, at least to me, feel like a big thing that they had him lose. No, it was definitely, and I mean, even Taz made sure to make that point that this was a huge win. This is maybe one of the biggest wins for Team Taz, um, and, and and they did drive that point home. And I mean, listen, I I Adam Page is one of them that they said, you know, way back we talked about how they said that they were going to make this guy a star. Just wait, you know. I mean, this was back when they, you know, probably almost a year ago. When Jericho, I believe it was Jericho who said that. He said, we are going to turn Adam Page into a star for our company. So, I, uh, I get it. But the, I mean, still to to have that beginning and then make the match so long really doesn't say, hey, Page is still a, you know, no matter what, he's still a fucking tough guy. It just didn't say that to me. But it was a big win for Cage either way. I'll put it that way. Sure. Yeah, because they did have, he was, uh, Page was the number one, the top-ranked non-champion. You know, he was a top-ranked contender. So, you know, they made sure to mention that at least, that Cage knocked off the number one guy in the rankings. So whatever, you know, what does that mean for him? We'll have to Um, wait and see, but, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I see Christopher Kane right here is saying that the uh, we'll go ahead and jump to it for you, Christopher. Um, the Pentagon versus um, he came down with Alex versus Orange Cassidy match. He said it wasn't too bad. I thought that was a really, really fucking good match. Um, Penta is a re- he's a great heel, and he can do. He could do the comedy spots without, like, killing his awesome heel persona. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. He, he 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 toes the line with the. I'm still I'm I'm definitely a heel, but I can still be funny with the guys. Go ahead, Smart. Right, and I think what's what's cool about that is he does that while not really saying much of anything. Right, that that's sort of what makes him such kind of a cool, diverse talent. And, and I think the thing about that is though is also he has a real commitment to the entertainment side of it, which I know can sometimes be a dirty word, but he definitely, you know, in line with his sort of heritage and his tradition, you know, the traditional Lucha mentality has a very much a flair for the dramatic. So he definitely cares about the sort of overall pageantry of it. Cause he just, there's been so many times where he's just made damn sure no matter what, that he's gotten his taunt in. And there's been times where he'll just be in the middle of a match. And he'll just be sort of swaggering around the ring, just sort mm. of doing the kind of walk that he does where he's like lifting his legs up kind of slowly and just kind of hamming it up a little bit. He likes to sort of go back and forth between that being the serious ass kicker guy. And then he'll, you know, like the, the St. Patrick's day thing where he lost the match with Cody and they cut back to him and he has a fucking leprechaun like top hat on and it's just like yeah. just like you said he toes that line he's just overall just an entertaining fucking person yeah and but i mean even when he's being funny he's still being a prick about being funny mm-hmm. that's yeah, it's, that it's, it's, that's, it's an that's kind of a thing yes and that's the line that i fucking like with him um and i i, I gotta tell you two times tonight though smart i got a mm-hmm. rick flair car shield commercial did you get that too I sure did, yeah. Uh huh. I thought that that was a little weird, a little weird right there. Um, but uh... well, it, it's definitely weird because, and this isn't new, but you have the Ric Flair commercial coupled with the commercials that they've been running for that game show that has John Cena. Right. So, like, while you're watching AEW, I just dynamite you see John Cena and Ric Flair. It's a bit of weird, yeah. Yeah, and by the way, that Wipeout show is another show on Hulu. If you want to, you know. Check that out with John Cena over there. My kids actually like watching it. Hmm. My my 12-year-old put it on. He has his, well, we gave him his own Hulu account. Um, it's still under my wife, you know, my wife's name and everything. But he gets into yeah, it. But I saw it on there, and I'm like, have you watched it? He's like, yeah, it's awesome. And I'm like, I need to show you a show that used to be on USA television. You know which one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. What was it? Um, uh, uh, most extreme elimination. Challenge. Most extreme eliminations. Exactly. I said I've got to show you that one day. I have. I need to find them. I have the whole show on disc somewhere. Somewhere in my collection of DVDs, I have that whole show on disc. So I'll find it and I'll let him see that. But um, yeah. Good shit right there, man. With uh, with Penta, like I said, he's he's he's, he's just he really gets you just thinking. Really, holy shit, this guy is just so fucking good at what he does. But um, we got the elite segments, Mark. It was in the back of a limo, and I gotta tell you, man, I'm I'm kind of torn on this, man, because it's really hokey, it's really stupid, it's really obnoxious, but Omega's really good. So I've got this like torn thing going on. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of get it. Um, 
I, I have a weird sort of relationship with the whole Good Brothers thing because I've watched the pay per view that they 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 do, uh, the Tug and Shop of Mania thing, and I really enjoy it. I think it's really funny. But when you put them in the context of like actual serious wrestling and they're wearing these ridiculous outfits and saying all these like dumb catchphrases and whatnot, it just it doesn't hit its mark with me. It just kind of seems like what would happen if you like put like Leslie Nielsen into like a hostile movie or something <laughs> or Saw or something where it's like. Like, I love Leslie Nielsen, but if he showed up, like, I don't know that he passed away, but I'm saying if he showed up in, like, an 80s horror movie, well, he did with fucking Prom Night, but if he showed up in, like, this is, like, real super serious movie and he was playing his naked gun type character, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? It would it would be a turnoff. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Now, uh, and, you know, let's, let's, let's just get into this whole Kenny Omega thing. He He won the Impact title. Mm-hmm. From uh, Rich Swan over the weekend. Um, now, Smart, let me let me ask you something. How many times did Kenny Omega bring up Impact Wrestling during this, like, any promo tonight at all? I, that I can remember, not. How many times <laughs> did he walk out with the Impact title over his shoulder? That I can remember, not at all. <laughs> Mm, we've been talking about how this is only benefiting one company, and it is not Impact Wrestling, man. It's, I, I, I mean, I get it. They want him to be the, 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 you know, the cleaner. He's getting all these titles, and you know, he's sweeping titles, and he's cleaning and sweeping and sweeping and cleaning, but. This impact thing is just not it, it. This somehow Tony Khan conned them into something that the only company benefiting is his. That's it. Tony <laughs> Khan, I think, might have to be his new name. I mean, I can go with that. And I, I guess what I was hearing a little bit on The Observer was just not necessarily that this is a true matter of fact as much as it is just a potential devil's advocate point that was brought up is maybe just it's a TNT to call that they don't want to be talking about another company's belt or like spending a lot of time and effort promoting another company's pay-per-view. But, I mean, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? That's really the only potential, like, logical reason as to why. But even so, it just comes off as, like, we we talked about it plenty of times, but just that they got dicked over. Because there's not really Mm -hmm. a lot of talent being exchanged. You don't, you know, they they barely talk about impact on the show, if at all, and you just it just it's not working out for them as a you know, partnership. No, it's not. It, it it and you know what? At this point, just send the Good Brothers back. No one fucking needs them there. Just 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 stop this. Stop it all. Let Omega lose. Whatever. Give the title back. Let him come in limping. I don't give a fucking shit at this point. And then, I mean, you, we got the Young Bucks match next, which had the, you know, Matt and Mike Seidel. And, you know, you got Don Callis on commentary. And now the Young Bucks, they've got, they've got a guy with Young Boy on his sweater spraying them with cooling spray. Mm-hmm. I, it, dude, there's, there's a, like, 
annoying heels, which I get. And then there's like, get the fuck off my television heels. And Young Bucks are slowly becoming, I just, please, I get uh, off my television. One way or the other, please. Please. (laughs) I kind of, I get it. I get it. And like I don't know, it just it, it just it seems so weird. Like they're 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 doing the thing of how heels do, where dressing outlandishly in hopes to get heat. Where that that works for Sheamus, and that kind of worked a little bit for. I hate to give him credit because I don't particularly like him, but Ethan Page with the whole fucking pink polo and khaki shorts, looking like every guy that I tried to fight in high school, for being an obnoxious douche. Um, but I, it was just when the Young Bucks are doing it, they, they they just come out like I was actually watching the other day, the You Can't Kill David Arquette documentary on Hulu. And, like, the, I, it's kind of a part that's understated that I forgot about where he, like, his wrestling character showed up wearing, like, basically a fucking wizard's outfit. And it's like, why are you doing this? Like, how does this connect with your character? Like, the, the Young Bucks thing, they come out and they're wearing this, like, ridiculous outfits. And it's like, why? How, like, why are you all of a sudden just wearing these? It doesn't make sense. But other than just the fact of just, like, we're going to try to fucking do anything to get heat. It's like, mm, okay. They're just living out some fantasy of their own in their own mind. So, um, but anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I, I just, if the Young Bucks just decided to become a backstage guys, I'd be very happy. Um, Mm-hmm. But this next segment I really enjoyed. This Pinnacle and Inner Circle segment. Uh, Inner Circle showing up on motorcycles. Um, I, I was really enjoying this whole thing. And then someone decided to give a microphone to Sean Spears. And I was like, what the fuck is that for? Uh, <laughs> every, granted, everyone got a chance to speak on that side. But I got to tell you, man, out of everybody... MJF did just fucking just great, but Jericho here was on fire. I agree. Jer- I agree yeah. with that. Um, my headphone keeps falling out of my ear. It's it's distracting. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but no, no, no. I agree with that. Jericho did a good job. MJF did a good job. That that kind of thing you could always kind of you know, always rely on them to deliver in those situations. I'll give a little bit of credit more so to. Like Santana and Ortiz were pretty good. I was I was mm-hmm. a little bit surprised that they had Santana be a little bit more of the loose cannon since it's always sort of Ortiz's role. Right. And you had Ortiz sort of putting his hand on him and telling him just to calm down and not overreact because you had uh I I wanna say it was Dax Harwood that was doing the promo and I hate to give them and I don't necessarily hate to, but I will give them credit since week after week and justifiably. So I think we come on here and we talk about how fucking boring FTR is. I actually thought they had a pretty good promo this week of just saying that you can't be the sort of lap dogs that you become. You've got to be the old Santana and Ortiz or else, you know, when you leave, tell your kids that daddy ain't coming back. And it was just like, okay, that was good. That was actually some passion, some emotion. I actually didn't fall asleep while you were talking. So you've elevated your game quite a bit, at least this week. I'll give them credit for that. Right. And, and you know, I, I really thought everybody was good on the mic here, but Jericho just took it 
and then finished it up and tied a beautiful little bow on top with ribbons and did nice, you know, signing. And it just, Jericho really just tied everything up into one little thing. And obviously this is setting up the match for uh, at Blood and Guts next week. But I just thought Jericho was on fire. Put every, Jericho was the Paul Ellering of this promo. Mm, interesting. It's actually funny you say that because Rachel Ellering is back in action. She was on the Impact pay per view that they didn't promote. <laughs> she won the tag team titles with old uh, Jordan Grace, I believe. Yep. Which, yeah. But um, any mm. be that as it may, mm. and Jericho was good. I, I like the fact that he was like mid promo and he cuts off, like totally starts trying to talk. He's like, "Hey, you're not cutting. You're not interrupting my promo, pal. Back off." Yeah. I was like, I, I like that part of it too. And he kind of did the rebuttal for what MJ have said about him being 25 and being a curtain jerker on Saturday night, saying that you know, mm-hmm. he, yeah, he wasn't didn't have the best run at that point in WCW, but at that point he had already wrestled in Japan and Mexico and had all the sort of worldly experience that made him the person that he is now. So that was a good addition to, you know, rebuttal. Actually some continuity I enjoyed. Yeah. And also said he was proud to be that curtain jerker at that time. So I thought that was just, just (laughs) nice. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Again, Like, Hey, you know how much I got paid for that shit, but yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, but, uh, now I, I got to tell you, Smart, I brought up the storms earlier to uh, tell you that I cut out a few times. Now, I missed most of this Kingston, Moxley, Omega, um, but this one wasn't completely due to the storm. I did lose internet here, but uh, I also had an eight-year-old who fell and sliced his knee open, so I had to... uh, I had to super glue that before the wife came out. Um, <laughs> just like breaking out old like fucking Sabu and ECW with the barbed wire match, just gluing the fucking pack or whatever it was back in. Well, I mean, Boxman breaking out the glue gun. I mean, my kid will let me do it, but if my wife sees me doing it, I won't be able to do it. So, anyway, um, I'm. I also miss the Taz and Christian stuff too. I miss both of those. Um, okay. So let's. I can recap that a little bit I if you want. You Basically, would. the whole Eddie Kingston thing it was supposed to be an unsanctioned, and they touted it as such. Eddie Kingston and Kenny Omega were supposed to have a match. So Kingston comes out and Omega basically just says, Hey, like you guys fucking you and Moxley broke our van the other or not van bus, destroyed our property and shit. Now we're mad at you. So like why are we gonna do you a favor by giving you a match with the champ? You haven't earned that, you don't deserve that, so on and so forth. So it ended up becoming Kingston versus Nagazawa a little bit and Kingston basically just kind of roughed him up for a little while and then got him in a position where he was going to do to him what he was going to do to Nakazawa what they did to Kingston but he was going to break his ankle so he gets his ankle in the chair and he demands he demands it's funny because he demanded a title shot 
Mm-hmm. He was going to say that you'll either give him a title shot or I'm going to break his leg or break his ankle. Kenny Omega's like, well, uh, you know, he knew what he was getting himself into. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> it's like tough shit. I don't care. So he starts trying to leave. He actually he starts trying to leave. He's like, hey, you know what? I got other lackeys. So he sends out Brandon Color. That doesn't work. Moxley comes in. They end up, you know, getting the better of Omega. They get Omega's ankle in the chair and they threaten to break it. Now, the, the, I mentioned that Kingston said he wanted a title shot. So Kingston asked for a title shot, but Moxley Moxley gets the microphone after when they have Kenny Omega vulnerable and says that they want a title or not a title match. They want a tag team match with mm-hmm. Omega and Nakazawa. And I was like, well, you really fucking way to undercut your friend there. He wanted a title match and you just like fucking begged them, begged Don Callis for a tag team match of little to no consequence. <laughs> so it's like you really sort of fucking took the legs out from under the poor man. <laughs> but uh, that was pretty much that. So we're going to have Kingston, Nag- Kingston and Mosley versus Nakazawa and Omega next week along with the blood and guts match. The uh, Cage and Taz promo was basically Cage accusing Taz of being bitter that he didn't that he retired too soon and he didn't have the sort of heart and balls and guts that it took to make a comeback the way that Christian did and that was pretty much it with that so that was that was what you missed it was it was pretty good but it wasn't like anything that you necessarily need to double back and check out alright nice nice All right, at least I know what happened there um, I, I know we had this Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford match it was fine uh, Statlander won the match, but the, the, I really got nothing to add on it. You? Not particularly. There was also um, Miro basically beat the ever-loving shit out of Kip Sabian, so I guess that's the end oh, of their yeah. union that really got nobody anywhere. So thank God. Yeah, and I, well, really, uh, well, we had the Nightmare Family match, and then I, that was when I lost power. I came back, and Miro was slamming Kip's arm in the door. Mm-hmm. Right. Which there. I mean, basically, the whole thing was it was built on them talking about on Twitter that they needed to get to get back together and talk things over, and so you have Kip just come into Miro's dressing room, and as he starts to try to talk to him, just Miro has nothing, none of it, and just beats the shit out of him. So right. there was no real like, you know, Sabi didn't push Miro to the edge or anything. Miro was already poised to attack as soon as he came in. So uh, there was that. Yeah. Yeah, that was, so we can skip that part. Now, we did have this Nightmare family versus the Factory or some shit. and No, nope, that's I, what they're called, the Factory. I, well, I got to tell you, uh, it's a shit factory, um, number one. The only guy I like is <laughs> you that... You never sounded more like Jim Cornette. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree with you, but it was the Factory, more like the shit factory. Let me tell you, goddamn shit factory. I could literally shit that out after eating a Wendy's, goddammit. That'd be right around the last bite when I'm shitting out the first bite. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the only guy I like is the... Uh, the, 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 the the caveman looking dude, uh, was it Nick Camarano? Mm-hmm. I like him. I like him. I I, I think he's going to be something. But uh, otherwise, this 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 whole thing, and you know, Cody jumping on top of the, you know, getting on top and making a big comeback. What were you gone for, Cody? Two weeks. 
Uh-huh. Two I mean, weeks. it was pretty much two weeks because you had, you had there was the match that he had against Pentagon where Pentagon broke his arm and he no sold it. Then he got attacked by old QT Marshall. So apparently, QT Marshall is more devastating than having your arm broken. I don't believe that. Mm. But he was gone for like two weeks, and I knew as soon as they came out in the fucking Cody Rhodes bus, which oh god, the fucking. <laughs> God, for somebody who grew up in the business, like he should have known. I mean, it worked well for Lex Luger, is what I'm saying. (laughs) The fucking remake of the Lex Express. I knew as soon as they came out in the Cody bus that the fucking Cody was going to come back. And I already did not care about this match. I couldn't have given less of a fuck anyway. But then Cody came out and it just added on to the irrelevant Sunday that this was. And they they get him fighting on on top of the bus. Cody and QT are fighting on top of the bus and i it we often talk about like how sad it is that you know certain wrestlers are not around anymore you know eddie guerrero and hard that kind of a thing i never more pined for in my life fucking mike awesome because i was really just hoping that somehow mike awesome would come back and give him like an awesome bomb like how he did to shaggy two dope on nitro <laughs> on the old fucking that 70s guy bus and shaggy two dope fell off of the bus i was really hoping he would do that to cody just fucking magically appear give him an awesome bomb and have cody skin off the bus no we get cody just you know flexing on top of the bus and oh. And then right after that, though, that's the thing. It's okay, this show is taped, but it still seems weird because if you're playing along, this shit's supposed to be happening in real time. Mm-hmm. They immediately after, and I mean immediately, like a second after, announced that Tony Khan has decided to make Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall the next week. So it's like, how did he have the time to put that together? (laughs) Like, it doesn't make sense in real time. And, like, also, I couldn't give less of a shit. You're taking away time from matches that I actually care about. It's going to be less time for Blood and Guts. It's going to be less time for the tag team Mm. match that I just mentioned. But, but, Mm. something that even in 2021, somebody I'm way more excited to see wrestle, they announced that two weeks from now, it's going to be John Moxley versus Yuji Nagata for the IWGP, the U.S. title, the New Japan U.S. title, which I know for a fact is probably not going to happen, which is a weird thing to say. No, for a fact, probably not. <laughs> I sort of went back and forth with the probability on that. But I know that it won't happen, but I really wish that old Tony Khan would dig into his tumbler, dig into the coffer, get the money that it takes to bring in fucking Sonny Ono. Like, please do it. You uh, won't, but please do it. We've talked about him being kind of a carny asshole before, but still, I would like to see it. I guess we could go ahead and see it once or twice. Who knows? But um, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, he does have that match coming up. And uh, again, the, the forbidden door, once again, Smark, is open. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I guess we'll go ahead and get to this main event, knock this out, and then um, take a pee break. And get into the news and uh, get out of here. Um, we had this Darby Allen coming down with Sting versus 10 of Dark Order. Now, this wasn't a wasn't a five star match, but I, I I I really enjoyed watching every every bit of it, man. I knew there was no way 10 was going to win this match, but still, just enjoyed watching everything up until. The really unexciting roll-up finish. We don't even get Darby doing a goddamn coffin drop. Roll-up finish. That's it. 
Yeah, yeah it was a, that that particular part of it was a little underwhelming, but I do like how they're having kind of Darby be a little bit grittier and grimier. He's not necessarily wrestling the same way that your average like white meat babyface would wrestle. He sort of takes some shortcuts here and there and wrestles a little bit dirty and take off, not take off, but rip the mask of ten, which led to ultimately led to him winning the match. Like you said, with the roll up, which was. That part was a little bit meh, but other than that, I actually thought it was a pretty good match. This is actually the third week I was seeing them pointed out online. The third week that uh, Darby Allen is a main event at Dynamite. So it kind of goes oh. to show you the kind of faith that they have in him. Because it was the Matt Hardy match, the Jungle Boy match, and now this one. Yeah, oh, jeez. Maybe Darby Allen's the new uh, John Cena. Um, <laughs> one can only hope. Oh, one can only kill yourself. Uh, anyway, there was a little show of respect at the end between these two guys. And then Scorpio Sky and, uh, was it, uh, was it Ethan Page? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ethan Page came out first, and then Scorpio Sky yeah. came out. And attacked Darby and Sting. And then Archer comes out for the save, and, uh, that is AEW, man. It was, uh, I gotta tell you, there was probably only two or three segments I really liked on this show. I mean, and I mean the main event, the pinnacle segment. Mm, yeah, that might be all, that 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 really might be mostly it. So, I don't know, man. What about you? Yeah, like I said, I mean, there was a couple of things that I didn't particularly care for, but every everything else was good. Like I said, I I couldn't give less of a fuck about the whole Nightmare Family factory feud, but outside of that, it was it was all right. Like I liked the the Page Cage. I thought that was all the rage. And a couple of sages there, you know, all kinds of just rhymes for days with that. But yeah, then everything else was good. The Kingston stuff was good. I, I always, I'm always down for a nice long Pentagon match. We got that. So all in all, good stuff. Like I said, I thought NXT was a little bit better, but this wasn't a bad show. All right, there you go. The third one would be the Pentagon Orange Cassidy match. So there you go. Three things. No, not a bad show, but not. Again, you're unopposed. You need to be, I don't know, they'll probably still get fine ratings, so let's hope they don't become complacent in their little uh, million-plus ratings and just kind of start shitting on everything. But um, like I said after that little segment right there, we're going to take a quick, I'm taking a pee break. I don't know what Smart's going to do. But um, quick pee break, be back in probably two, three minutes at the most. Um and I will play a little music for everybody. You lucky downloaders don't even know what happens because next thing you know, you're back, and it's like the like the like the magic of technology. So, all right, be back in just a second, guys. Thank you. All right, thank y'all. Really appreciate that. Had to happen. No way I would have been able to finish this shit. But anyway. Um, where were we smart? We were going to jump back and we were going to get into the news and then we were going to wrap this up. Um, you know what? Before we get into all the news, let me play a little bit of audio here that I've got. Uh, it is um, a fan, a Mick Foley fan. Uh, not, not even a Mick Foley fan. Let's say a uh, Mankind fan asked Mick Foley as Mankind 
to do the Hard Times promo by Dusty Rhodes. Mm -hmm. And I've got it here. So if you're ready, I'm going to play it. Let's do it. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect. No honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on mankind and his family. And Ric Flair, you don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and they can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them to go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job for 30 years, 30 years. They give him a watch. They kick him in the butt and say, hey, the computer took your job, daddy. That's hard times. And Ric Flair, you put hard times in this country by taking dusty roads out. That's hard times. And we've all had hard times together. Now, I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day is supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My hiney's just a little big. But brother, I am bad. And they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people in the history of this world. One of them was John Wayne, he's dead brother. The other one's right here. Mankind. Nature boy, Ric Flair. The world's heavyweight title belongs to these people. I'm gonna reach out my hand right now. I want you at home to know that my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country, in this universe all over this world now reach out because the love that was given to me at this time i will repay you now because i will be the next world's heavyweight champion of this hard times blues tour 2022 mankind have a nice day fucking awesome man mm -hmm. that was fucking awesome right there i i really did like that man um, you know, you got, I mean, you can feel Dusty doing that, that, that promo right there, but Mankind definitely, uh, did some justice to it right there. Absolutely. I do sometimes wonder, like, how certain people would fare if they were delivering other people's promos. Like, we, we talk about all the time about how certain styles work for, you know, of certain people certain people have their own sort of charisma and then there's other people that they can just kind of deliver anything and make it gold and i think foley's one of those people that can just do anything really well and i think that shows here i enjoyed it and then plus like like you said it was a fan just sort of asked him to do it he's like yeah sure i got a couple minutes to go oh, it was it was a cameo true yeah but i mean they could they could still right. turn that down so oh absolutely it's so cool can. of him to do I thought it was very, very cool of him to do. Very good, just, just a lot of, uh, a lot of good stuff right there from. Uh, and like I said, you can, you can feel Dusty doing that promo, and that's a little bit of our intro right there with the, you know, my belly's a little big, my hiney's a little big. That's right, baby. Ooh, yeah, daddy. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Now we just need Folly to just give a shout out to all elite Scooby Doo, and and we'll be we'll be all good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Rattle> raggy. <laughs> um, anyway, um, moving on with a, little, you know what? Let's do uh, let's do this one right here. You know we've mentioned um, this a few times on this show, Smart. Me, you, uh, everybody <laughs> else has mentioned this thing. This the. Uh, brain damage or the CTE case that's been going on, the class action lawsuit, uh, with guys like uh, Billy Jack Hayes, uh, you know, uh, Luther Reigns, the wife of Viscera. A few months ago, we said this was going to the Supreme Court, right? Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. And we thought maybe they were going to get a little bit of something. Uh, the Supreme Court the other day decided not even to hear the case. So it's done. It's over. Mm-hmm. You've brought it to the highest court in this country. And there's nothing. That's going to happen right now. Now, this was one of those class action lawsuits where I got a feeling the lawyer was like, you know, I don't, you know, you don't pay me until I get paid from and we're going to get paid and blah, blah, blah. I feel bad for the lawyer here, but... um, I don't know where they thought this was going to go. Some of the people that were in this weren't, you know, put through fucking chairs every night. This you were know, put through tables every night and chairs and chair shots. And it, it, it's it's definitely a win for WWE is is definitely what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Score one for the good guys. All yeah. right. <laughs> from what I actually, from what I understand, the uh, lawyer actually owes WWE money and legal fees now. So not only did they not get the cash in, but it also sort of blew up in their face. Which I mean, it is what it. We've talked about it at, at you know ad nauseum at this point. But I mean, there I could I could see. It didn't seem to me as fraudulent as it may have appeared to others. Because, I mean, you know, they do put their bodies on the line for this sort of thing. And they have, a lot of people have sort of suffered long-term, com- you know, medical issues, complications, however you want to look at it. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, you, that, that is a juggernaut that you're going up against in terms of legal cases. Oh, well, th- there's that. And let's face it, these guys knew what they were signing up for. I, I don't mean to be an asshole here. They do. They knew what they were signing up for. Right, well, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, they knew that there was a risk, obviously. Uh, but I don't think, you know, obviously, we didn't know then what we know now in terms of CT and all that kind of thing. And there was a lot of people that took a lot of very nasty, as we just played Mankind Audio, very nasty fucking chair shots and things of that nature. But like you said, you know, to that point, they, everybody involved did know that there was a risk. And unfortunately, it's just a matter of, you know, it was a different time. Right. 
Exactly. But uh, like I said, this is actually a big win for WWE here. This case is over. It's not going to be heard anywhere else. It's laid to rest, if you will. So I guess we'll lay it to rest, too. That's what we'll go ahead and do right there, Smart. Um, a real quick one we'll get into, and then you can uh, pop into one of yours over there. Um, Sadie Gibbs, who last I remember seeing her was on AEW uh, last year sometime, has announced her retirement from wrestling. Only 29 years old, man, and is retiring. Um, basically, she put out a long statement. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Just saying she wants to be doing more and she doesn't feel that she can wrestle and do more. She actually wants to be an actor. She wants to do action films, maybe even be a stunt, you know, stunt double or something. But she's got bigger and better things to get into and uh, wants to see if she can do that. So she is retiring at 29 years old. What do you think of that, Smart? 29 years old, retiring from wrestling. Yeah, I mean, good for her, you know, obviously to have those kind of goals and dreams and aspirations and whatnot and sort of courage that it takes to try to pursue those. Hopefully that all works out well for her. But, I mean, if it doesn't, of course, we all know that these wrestling retirements are always far from permanent. <laughs> so, you know, if things don't work out for her, she does have that to fall back on. But, you know, I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's been a couple of cases of people you know leaving wrestling and obviously some obvious ones and becoming successful in the acting world even becoming successful as like stunt doubles and whatnot so we'll see we'll see yeah yeah we will definitely see i mean the many people have thought they could get movie roles and haven't so we'll find out what happens with sadie gibbs in the future in the future smock Mm-hmm. Future. So, you got a few little things to get into, so uh, pick and I'll follow, sir. All right, I'm going to go ahead. This is from Wrestling Inc. Old Hugo, son of a bitch. That his actual name, Hugo Savinovich. I just like calling him that. It's sort of an all old joke and an inside joke. <laughs> to follow the same circles that we follow. But uh, Wrestling Inc., this is a interview with him or the, the recap of an interview with him. Legendary pro wrestling commentator Hugo Zavinovich was on a recent episode of the Wrestling Inc. Daily to discuss the current state of WWE. Savinovich pointed out that the WWE has been more profitable during the pandemic since the company no longer tours for live events. Quote, WWE dominates wrestling because they're the number one company in the world, said Savinovich. However, if you closely study the product, you're going to realize that they actually are making more money now with Thunderdome because they're not drawing on the road. It was embarrassing. They're not drawing for Raw or SmackDown. They're actually losing money. Now they have one building where they do two shows in the NXT in a smaller building, and all of their shows are making money. Savinovich added, the reality is the number one company in the world has almost 300 top talents, and the people who work there are actually upset. Not many people want to talk about it because they are scared of the monster. During the podcast, Wrestling Inc. Managing Editor Nick Hosman, Hosman, however you want it, it's your choice, brought up glaring creative issues in WWE's product. Quote, the only 
true enemy that WWE has is WWE, stress Savinovich, because they don't need more money. They already got enough money from Peacock and NBC and Fox and all the other deals. Yet they mistreated the fans. Remember when the McMahon family did a semi-shoot by standing in the ring and promising to change the product? I haven't seen it happen. They messed up Bobby Lashley and, oh boy, King Corbin out of nowhere. They messed up with Bobby Lashley and King Corbin out of nowhere, and then Lashley and MVP suddenly go from Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin to ex-retribution guys. Quote, I don't want to bring race into this, but what the heck is going on? Not just because they were all black, but the Hurt Business was actually working. Mm -hmm. This is very true. They had a fantastic frontman and MVP, a fantastic wrestler in Benjamin, a great youngster in Cedric, powerhouse Lashley. What are they thinking by bringing in Corbin? You made a powerful enemy today, my friend, with that. But anyways, (laughs) when you have something that's working, don't freaking change it. Which, I mean, yeah, it's kind of open for debate as to whether or not it is a racial thing. But even besides that, regardless of what you think about that, we've talked about time and time again that it was working, that everyone did like it. And they just sort of got rid of it for no apparent reason. We basically just talked about it tonight where we were like, I don't understand. Neither one of us understand why they got rid of Cedric and Shelton Benjamin. But... They did, um, and I got to tell you, there's not a lot here that I can argue with. Um, he's right. WWE's only true enemy is WWE. They do and have made some incredible deals with, like he said, Peacock, NBC, Fox, USA, he didn't mention. But all those companies, they've got great deals with all of them. And, um, you know, he he's right. They are getting complacent. And they have been for a long time. It's not like this is just suddenly happening and, oh, we're, we're seeing it now. But it seems like now they're really just saying, fuck you, we got money, we're just putting on a show just to keep you guys fucking happy at some points. Right. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's the thing is like... Like you said, and like we've talked about before, is just that they're making more money now than they ever did. So there's no real reason for them to shake anything up to try any different creative ventures and try anything real risky or daring or ventures or any sort of shake-up. Because to them, they're succeeding and they manage to leverage... The fact that, you know, they spin it in such a way that their television partners agree and their sponsors agree. And there's, Mm -hmm. you know, what the actual input from the fans is sort of irrelevant to them. Because like we talked about before, we we talked about how Nick Khan says he doesn't even pay attention to Twitter. But the fans that he does pay attention to are the fans that they bring into the Thunderdome that they tell how to react anyway. So it's just like... They sort of have a vacuum right now, you know. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is what it is. It's just not necessarily any reason or indicator to believe that things are going to get better anytime soon. But I guess we'll see. Just bring all the submission. Just all the submissives. Come on in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're the doms. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> there's a community within that. I think that might be what they're trying to do with the whole Carrie and Cross Scarlet thing. Oh, pretty they much. seem sort of into the whole SML, SNM gimmick. I, I, I wouldn't mind a few whips from her. Um, but yeah, there you go. again, Fucking nice to let into the windpipe. 
That would. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure my <laughs> wife would love that. Um, what's that on your back? Oh, uh, uh, pallet work. No. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, but, yeah, man, I, I, I really can't. And, you know, he comes back to the fact that the, the people there are upset and nobody would mention it because they're scared of the monster. Obviously, we know who he's talking about. Um, it, it, not the first person to bring it up. This is kind of, unfortunately, all this stuff has been talked about. It's been aired out and we've mentioned it time and time again, as have many other shows out there. So, I mean, he's not bringing any really hardcore, hard hitting. Oh, I didn't know that stuff out there, but he's right. I'll definitely say that. Right, and it is more. It's just kind of interesting that like so many of their former employees are echoing the same things that we're echoing, you know. And it's just, it seems like everybody sort of knows it except for the person that needs to know it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know what? Even if they knew it, they wouldn't admit that they were wrong anyway. So, right. There's that. Now, speaking of those, all the you know the. The WWE and Raw and SmackDown. PW Insider reported earlier today that Jason Jordan, yes, Kurt Angle's son, has basically, uh, not basically, but taken over John Laurinaitis' spot of being head producer for both Raw and SmackDown. So we're either going to have a lot to blame him for or praise him for down the road hmm. I we don't know what he's going to do it was just today Raw hasn't you know Raw's already passed Smackdown will happen I don't know how much input he's going to have on this Smackdown coming up but maybe as everything progresses I guess we'll see if there's any change coming up in either show I want to check on something real quick because I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so that is that is that's one of the big news of today is that he, Jason Jordan, is taking over. Now I heard, and I just want to check this. Um, that he was taking over Raw, but I don't know if he's taking over SmackDown. I thought I had seen something. I want to just double check that uh, Lauren Knight is going to be the head of SmackDown. So uh, we shall aw, see about that. I, I, I think I saw it on the Observer, so we'll see. Oh, there you go. We'll see if I can dig that up real quick. I'm looking for it, but uh, we'll Poor see. Sasha Baron. Either way, though, that's it's very interesting, though, because like there was a, a period of time where we all just kind of thought that he was done, and Jason Jordan was done because he had that injury, and uh, after that, it was just, I didn't even I, I I think I knew that he was still at the company, but I had no idea that he was in any sort of uh, any sort of capacity as an executive. Yeah, I think we had talked about that he was still in a uh, a role backstage. So, yeah, definitely um, there. But uh, poor Sasha Baron Corbin, he misses John, uh, you know, old Laurinaitis' voice. <sighs> I did too in a weird way. Because it, it got to the point where I don't know if it was Stockholm Syndrome or what, but like he he was so bad that he became 
kind of entertaining with the whole fucking people power thing and it's just like God damn right we got people out. we got people power out there. God damn right. You fucking kids I like to go to the park and uh, the children confuse me for duck. <laughs> feed, me, feed me bread. It's pretty wonderful. Poor Do you know I banged the Bella Twins mom? That was oh, pretty fun. I married her. Mm-hmm. Fucking banger. He's marrying her. Uh, well, but, that's uh, nothing to be proud of. No. no. Well, maybe. I don't know. That's an ach- achievement somewhere, some way. Maybe he can get all three. I mean, from what you know, we've heard they've bathed nude or been in a pool naked together. <laughs> With other fluids as well. I'm sure there's been many fluid exchanges. I, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm, at this point, Natty and her sister are just like a friggin' dream, too. But anyway, um, <laughs> Smart, you got a couple more things to get into. Take it. Choose one and we'll rock it out. Well, um, I think the other thing, the other thing we were talking about, we were, we were saving that one for Friday, right? Because Andrade has got himself his first match outside of WWE, and boy, oh boy, there are a lot of angles to get into on that one. Oh yeah. So we're gonna go ahead and hold that one off till Friday. But those who know, they know. But um, and from one terrible person to another, not Andrade, his opponent, Rube Sunny. Is back in the news, similar to how Teddy Hart is in the news. She uh, got arrested for DWI, driving on a suspended license, and evading arrest. Yeah. Um, what's new? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I don't know what else to say. What's new? She. It says she pleaded guilty to it, which I believe this was her court date, and she'll be out soon, hopefully. I don't know, man. I mean, uh, hi. Poor Sonny. Poor Sonny. Yeah, I mean, I know it sounds sad, but I mean, it's just important to remember that she's sort of on all times and opportunities and cases proven to be a pretty garbage human being. So if you can ever take any sort of pleasure in the downfall of others, which I don't think you necessarily should, but that's not a bad person to uh, enjoy laying the boots to while they are on the ground. I posted here in the Mixler chat a photo of her just looking absolutely stunning in this uh, lovely prison outfit motif that she has on here uh, so if you want to go ahead and check that out let's say uh i wonder if she'll be you know taking the outfit home to sort of uh do a photo <laughs> shoot for her only fans with oh see. there you go she can make videos like what's on my finger <laughs> well I, th- I think the fact that she has a uh sort of a, a known ability to um you know sort of uh, be flatulent during mm. the act of sex will uh, maybe perhaps help her on the inside. It could. <laughs> sort of a, a, a skunk defense mechanism. Well, she's not in a man's prison, so that's a good thing, I guess. But um, I... That is true. As I was in the middle of that joke, I was saying, this doesn't really work because you can't get a dig in the ass. Yeah, and I know I had a joke, too, for it, but I don't even care to say it anymore or remember it. So... But yeah, I mean, seriously, dude, what's new? I mean, it's just it's it's sunny, 
she pleaded a guilty jail. They're just words that have become synonymous with Tammy Sitch. So mm-hmm. let's just close that off and go head over to here. Um, Smark Vice has revealed the full list of Dark Side of the Ring season three. Now, season three is a double season. They're going to do kind of a just double up on episodes. They're going to run through a few. Um, And uh, let's go ahead and announce what the topics right now are for the Dark Side of the Ring. First one we're going to get is a two-hour premiere of Brian Pillman. Then we're going to get WCW versus NJPW Collision in Korea. Ooh, that's going to be an interesting one. Nick Gage is next, Mark. That one will be talked about on this show. I want to see I want to see what they get into with Nick Gage. The Ultimate Warrior, another one we're probably going to talk about. I want to see where they go with this. I want to see what they get into, what they don't get into. Um of his some of the things he has said and done. Uh Grizzly Smith and his family of wrestlers, which we all know is uh Grizzly Smith, Jake the Snake, Rock and Robin. So see what that one does. Dynamite Kid, another one I'm very curious where where their limitations are gonna be on that one also. Uh and then we get the second half of the season which is going to start off with the WWE steroid trials, Smart. Mm-hmm. And then FMW, Luna v- Vachon. The WWE plane ride from hell. Oh, that one I definitely want to see. Uh, XPW, Johnny K-9, Bruiser Bedlam, and Chris Canyon. I... Gotta say, I'm a little shocked that they're going to get into that, but uh, I'm glad they're going to. I'm, again, another one I'm wondering where they're going to go with it, uh, what direction, and how 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 deep they're going to get into that one. Right. Yeah, and I, I mean, it doesn't necessarily surprise me too much because they don't really have anybody that, you know, they don't really have any master to serve there because they've already proven by doing the whole Owen Hart thing that they care not to upset WWE. So right. I, it doesn't really surprise me that they're doing a thing, you know, to, to talk about Chris Canyon, who there is a lot to get into about that. So I am too curious as to what they're going to do and just how far they're going to go and who it is that they're going to talk to there. As as you mentioned also, the plane ride from hell, I think that'll be interesting. Kind of wondering if, since I don't think he's with the company anymore, if they're going to have uh, old Curtis Axel talk about maybe there's some like sort of inside stories that we haven't heard yet about, you know, Perfect and Lesnar getting into it. You know, if he ever said anything at home about what it is that happened. Mm. So we'll see about that. that. That is definitely, there's a lot of material to go into there with that. I'm looking forward to that. The Nick Gage one, like you said, there's already some uh, kind of teasers out there for that that have proven to be pretty interesting. So, Oh, yeah. I'm really excited about just all of the, the season in its entirety. It seems like they're getting better as they go along. Like season two was a little bit better than season one. I thought season one was good, too. So. A lot of, lot, lot of good stuff there. Oh, yeah. And Jericho is going to be coming back as the narrator for a lot of the series. 
Uh, they've got people like uh, Jake Roberts, John Moxley, Mick Foley, DDP, Jim Ross, Jim Cornette, Bischoff, Antonio Inoki, Arquette, David Arquette, who we talked about earlier, Rob Van Dam, Terry ask Funk. About that actually, that, yeah, that's awesome. Yep, they've got Arquette and uh, Shari Tyree, the former wife of Ultimate Warrior. So we might hear some, <laughs> might hear some dirt on the Warrior episode. We will find out. But like you said, Smart, they don't really want to rock that WWE boat. Well, they're not afraid to. They're not afraid to. I don't think, which I like, because I mean, if, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna do a story about this kind of thing, you have to be honest. And unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of people who, in you know, the light that they're going to be shown under, don't necessarily come out looking all that great. Like especially, you know, if they're really going to go deep in the Ultimate Warrior thing, he, uh, as we all know, wasn't necessarily the greatest person in the world, to put that lightly. No, no. No, not at all. But uh, I'll tell you, I'm going to skip my last article. I don't even care to do it. I'm going to remove it. Um, we don't need It's not worth it. But um, by the by, just as a quick aside, since we did bring up Dick Cage, and I, was, I did mention that we were, you know, I watched the David Arquette documentary. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wonderful because they like sort of go in order of like the, the matches that he had in his like independent like comeback tour where he worked the various levels of independent matches and they're like a lot of it's sort of whimsical. They have him like wrestling, like in a literal backyard wrestling promotion. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's kind of zany. And, uh, he, they, they document his feud with RJ city. And it's amazing. Cause they basically go from like RJ city to Nick gauge, which is like such a huge contrast in personalities. <laughs> Cause you, it's just like, it's all, all very upbeat and whimsical. And then they show gauge in the back and they're like, so what should we expect from this match he's like fucking violence man he's got this bandana on and he's just like ready to kill him and of course you know what happened happened and it, oh, was, yeah. it was very interesting yeah what happened happened our, our kid had to walk out of that match and i believe jimmy lloyd stepped in to finish that match he he finished it out he was in the documentary because it was uh did he he like he yeah he oh, was like you know what his neck the entire you know time. what like i'm whatever. thinking of the uh low i'm thinking of the, of the low life louis match Mm-hmm. Which that was a very interesting show because I believe that was also the same easy for me to say same show that uh, Marco Stunt broke his leg because they, they they show a little bit of him in the background being like carried out. He like broke his femur or tibia. He broke something really hard to break. Yeah, it was real fucking sick. Oh, that was bad. That was bad. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be the the, the gauge one should be. That might be a sleeper, man. That might be the sleeper. Mm-hmm. That might be the sleeper right there. So we'll see how that one comes out. But uh, Spark, you had one more little thing, and might as well end off on a funny note here. Um, right there in Messenger. Right, right in between the two. Uh, under Tammy. Right under Tammy, Smart. Andrade. Ah, well, <laughs> okay. So, 
this is we we had talked about this uh, last week with Andrade sort of going into detail about Charlotte getting her teeth done and then feeling pressure to look more like the sort of women that they uh, traditionally hired back in the day, and him getting called out about that for just going a little bit, talking a little bit too much and a little bit too long. Um, Andrade responded to that quote, workout, diet, facials, I show them without filters and without makeup what my fiance Charlotte looks like. And for all those people who comment that she has <laughs> 10 million surgeries, in parentheses, just one, please stop talking shit at Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer News. Uh, listen, coming to the defense of your fiance, it's, uh, you know, there's some chivalry in that, but... Um... Dude, we can look at pictures of her and see that she's had way more than one surgery. Way more. Um, now you say workout, diet, and facials. Uh, I wouldn't post facials if I was you. <laughs> I <laughs> Yes, based on some of the other photos. Uh, that, that has a potential to be misconstrued as to the facial that it is that you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's good that you let her wipe her face off first and then take the picture. You should keep doing that. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, seriously, dude. We, we're not blind. We can see she looks like a different fucking person. Again, mm -hmm. I appreciate you standing up for your fiance. That's what you're supposed to do. But am I not supposed to believe my lying eyes? No. <laughs> Smart, go ahead. I mean, you know, much like private eyes, lying eyes are watching you. I was trying to figure out a way to shoehorn that in, and it was clumsy, but I did it anyway, so God bless. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's obvious. And that's the thing is, like, we, we know. we've seen, Like you said, we've seen her. So, yeah, I mean, there was a little bit more. Because that was my first reaction when I saw her criticizing him about talking about her getting her teeth done. Was I was like, really? Like, teeth is the breaking point here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... You've gotten more than your teeth done. I, I don't understand why you would freak out about the teeth situation, but you know it made more sense when we sort of delved into the audio. But like you said, I see the point in wanting to stick up and you know stand by your man or stand by your woman in this instance. But uh, <laughs> next oh, yeah. week we're going or Friday we're going to talk about why this statement is a tad bit hypocritical. <laughs> <laughs> why Andrade might not be the champion for women's rights that he would like to uh, present himself as. Well, you know, there ain't no way to hide your lion eyes, Mark. Um, as, mm -hmm. the, as I believe the Eagles said. I believe that uh, that was a quote from them. But, um, the, uh, yeah. The football organization? What? The uh, Philadelphia-based football club? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I believe the band, the Eagles. <laughs> oh, okay. Not sure where I'm going there, Aries Mark. Anyway, where we're going is we're done. That's it. Damn white people music. I know. I know. Damn old boomer music. 
anyway, we're done. That's it. I got nothing else. You got anything else? I don't. All right. On that note, we turn on Take Your Drunken Ass Home, and we get on out of here with one more time laying out the plugs. And, of course, we're going to start out with the high marks, the cheese man, the mojo, the gee whiz. Oh, my. You guys got to check those guys out right there. Where are you going to check them out? Mixler.com slash Metal Mitt Network. That's right, Metal Mitt Network. Two T's in Mitt. That was not a stutter. You must type two T's. Metal mitt network on mixer right there and you can check them out at 8 30 p.m eastern time sunday nights definitely do that bobby anthem bobby blades the inhumans over there on the inhuman experience subscribe to that right there on all the usual podcast platforms you will not be disappointed and of course the everything unscripted wrestling podcast definitely want to check out those guys right there you can check them out on blog talk radio and all the usual podcast platforms and you can Check me out on there Saturday night, hosting Settle It in the Ring. And uh, that's going to be the finals, I believe. I'm hosting the finals. So uh, that's going to be cool over there. And Steve Milan, always sharing the show. Once again, you want to support him, go to letterboxd.com. So Stephen Milan, two L's in Milan. He's reviewing films. I believe he just hit over 8,000 films reviewed. Definitely go over there and check out his film reviews and you can always find us on Spreaker, iHeart, Spotify Google, Anchor, YouTube you know where to find us go for it smart of course Monday's 8.30 at a middle mid podcast now we're going to be sure to listen to cheese on sports with the cheese man, cheese master of course like I said tomorrow night approximately 8 o'clock you want to join them on the middle mid podcast network on the mixed leader device because they're going to be doing a watch along for the NFL not the NBA but the NFL draft so go ahead and hang out with them and overreact as your team picks somebody you don't like that's all the fun of the draft and Sundays 10.30 a.m. Sundays you want to go ahead and listen to the Marduk City Machine Guns with Mojo and Dirk. But last and never least, be sure to check out our friends at Planet Rack on Tour. That's the Planet Rack on Tour podcast. Bobby Anthem, Papa Dave, Sincere, and Young Nasty. All 16 episodes are available for listening pleasure. And be sure to subscribe. There you go. Talking about the draft, I might have to go watch your favorite movie, Draft Day Smart. Oh boy, boy, do I love that film with oh. Kevin Costner and old what's her face just palling it up. <laughs> what's her face? But uh, oh, one day we will get into that movie. Um, we will figure out what's going on with that. But anyway, ladies, gentlemen, downloaders, chat room, everyone who supports this show, however you support this show, we much appreciate it. And we will be back here Friday night talking more of the wrestling. See you! Take your job.